Good morning, you beautiful Americans. Good morning. It is a fantastic day. It is. The sun is shining. And exactly. Good old back porch podcast. So remember, you hear those birds chirping, you hear those car horns. It's just the just the nature of the beast. Welcome to Bill Blue. Another fantastic episode here. And Josh and Jared coming at you with some Boom. good conversation. Oh, it's going to be a good time. It's good. Always Start a good time, off. brother. Starting off. Coffee of the day. Courtesy of Five Star Strong, their Mess Hall Joe house blend. Check these guys out. They're cool as hell. Looking right here. Let's That's see. It's a good good brew. It's a good brew. And the most important thing is they, let's see, right here on the back of the bag. Your, pur- your purchase of Five Star Strong Coffee supports positive, life-changing programs and organizations that benefit the brave men and women who serve the United States in the military. Do you need a better sales pitch than that? Exactly. I don't think so. You know, anybody who's pro-military, pro-law enforcement, pro-first responder, and their support, you know, they're taking what their pros, what they make and... Benefiting give, others. Benefiting others, and there's a pretty good story. We're not going to dive into that story, but there's a pretty good story on the back of this bag of um, yeah, a soldier who got, got, in, got a little bit of a shit sandwich, so to speak, but... yeah. I think every bag has a different story on the back. Different different blend or every single bag? I don't know if it's every bag. I don't it know. Pro- this I is, would this is the first bag I've ever bought. We'll have to I'd get have a to couple go, more and we can to, update you guys on that. Yeah, we'll have to let you know. We'll have to try the other blends too because you always want to benefit oh, yeah. those good companies. Oh, bump my boom arm there. Sorry for the little rattle in the background. But yeah, it's a good time. It is a good time. But anyway, And that even leads us off to all the companies out there that are like law enforcement, military owned... You know, we might we're gonna run a couple past you, I think, because if you haven't heard of them, check them out. Oh yeah, there's some awesome companies out there, especially with the internet and the way it is, and how easy it is to sell things. And how, oh right, the, the ease of get of getting into um, any business really. these days, because you don't have to. Distribution is so easy, and so we're yeah we're like Jared said, we're gonna run a couple of awesome companies by you, and yeah, check them out. You know, you, not even if you buy anything, just see what their mission is. Yeah. We're gonna break out. We're gonna run those past you. We're gonna break out a new segment that I'm excited as hell to run out past you guys because I think it's a great. It's gonna be a good storytelling, get you thinking, get you appreciating, and also be something that we're gonna go with into future episodes. We're gonna give you some of these stories of heroes, and, exactly. You know, military, law enforcement. Calling it hero talk. Yep. It doesn't matter. It might not even be someone who was in the line of work that a lot that like we're going with you know military law enforcement stuff like that mm-hmm. you're gonna hear a couple stories coming up of people you didn't even know existed exactly and feel free share some stories with us you know go online built blue apparel at gmail.com shoot us an email hit us on instagram built blue studios hit us on facebook i'm still working on the facebook page facebook is confusing to start a new page up but i'm working on it i promise they're anti anything good though. I feel like that's true. I'm gonna it end up Facebook. In, I'm gonna end up in Facebook jail. Yeah. I haven't had to do Facebook jail yet, but I hear it's a good time. I, I do too. People always huh. have fun with it. Exactly. Yeah. But I think let's just dive right into it. I think the first when I think military or law enforcement owned companies, there's two that come to mind. There's Relentless Defender, right? And there's Black Rifle Coffee. Okay. When yeah, I think, definitely. and those are definitely probably two of the bigger ones at least i think there's probably big ones out there that i've never heard of and right. i'm sure our fantastic audience by the way thank you all so much for the listens on the first 
ep- first two episodes in the introduction. We appreciate it and love the shit out of you for it. Yes, always. And we are n- nothing without you guys. Oh, I know. We're gonna we're gonna ride this. We're gonna ride this happy train all the way to the finish line. Heck yeah. Hopefully it's a lot of years of good good quality talk coming at you. But anyways, going on with your uh, there's good companies out there. I know you are a big fan of Relentless Defender. I still haven't dove in to get some of their shirts, but I am. They are fantastic. Their apparel. They came up with an amazing. Oh idea. yeah. Even if, even if the logos and the designs weren't absolutely phenomenal, which they are, uh, they actually just came out with a Winnie the Pooh line <laughs> as like a. I can't remember the Eeyore shirt. All the it has like Eeyore, Tigger, and winnie okay in like full kit with like helmets and rifles and all this stuff oh no shit huh? and i think winnie's on behind it it says winnie the pew <laughs> nice uh, tigger says trigger uh-huh. and then i think eeyore is like operior yeah instead of operator okay. <laughs> i don't you know i'd have to i should get one of those shirts and see what my wife thinks about it because she is not a fan, and that is using a mild form of what she thinks of Winnie the Pooh and that whole montage. Really? Yeah. Oh, I bet she'd love that. You oh, should get God. her a Winnie the Pooh shirt. I should. From yeah. Relentless Defender. Yeah. But even then, it's almost like you look at companies like that, and I think there's two kinds in the world. There's like the kind that are just in it for the owners and the higher-ups to make money, and then there's the kind that really care about giving back to their origins and giving back to people that are still serving in the military or still serving in law enforcement. And Relentless Defender is one of those companies where, I mean, for goodness sake, I think after the Dallas, well, what did we say? Their website said they've, between the, occasionally they'll do t-shirt runs uh, that are 100% charity and things right. like that. And because of the people that have purchased their shirts, they have raised like- 900000 $900,000. Yep. And that- For and, charities. And- like Jared said, they do the shirts that are a hundred percent, but every single purchase that you make from them, even if it's not those shirts, a percentage goes to. I can't remember. different charities. I know that. I'm pretty sure that it was. I think theirs is law enforcement geared mm-hmm. towards uh, fallen officers and their families. Well, that's. I think the big one they did was uh, after da- after Dallas, when Dallas yeah. PD lost those five officers. Right. I think they yeah. did a big. Yeah, uh, Dallas teach, and they raised a lot of money for those families. Yes, and so, so that's, shout out to them—a fantastic company doing a good thing out there. Oh, for oh goodness sakes! That's why I think the dream is to go to Police Week one year, and we're gonna have to. Oh, we're definitely, absolutely have to, and we'll definitely bring you an on-scene podcast or podcast immediately following. But I'm sure you go to Police Week and you look at like they're basically their tent city, if you will, of all those companies. That are either law enforcement owned, military owned, or supporting of. Right. And I'm sure it's just going to blow my damn mind. Oh, it's going to be like, I can. Or be like little kids in a candy store. Screw Walmart. Right. Yeah. Do all my shopping during police week. Oh, heck yeah. Our wives will love us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be like wives in a makeup store. Oh, no kidding. It's going to be fantastic. Everybody say Ulta Beauty. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> but anyway, and then moving on to Black Rifle. Like Dude, I said, talk I think. Talk about some good coffee. Oh, talk about good coffee. Even if, not even talking military and law enforcement, when I think coffee, for some reason, them and like Folgers are just the two names, which obviously Folgers has been around since FDR was in office. I don't know. Yeah. Pretty and sure they were giving that to soldiers in the 
pits and exactly trenches in World War One. There you go. You <laughs> got to have that caffeination, just oh, like the old five star strong is providing me right now. Oh, there you go. But Black Rifle, correct me if I'm wrong. The the CEO of Black Rifle is actually from the the Lewiston area, which also is the base of the Lewiston Clarkson Valley, and uh, which is also the base of this old little built blue podcast right here. So. Right, yeah. Matt, Matt Best. There. Matt Best isn't from here. It's the. Uh, I don't think Matt That's Best right. is the CEO. I can't, no, he's not the CEO. You're right. I am brain farting on the CEO's name. Well, you, you keep going, and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do yeah. a little Google here. Yeah, you do a little Google because I feel like I'm not doing it justice if I don't bring out the well, name. And the reason we we know this information is because he was actually the owner was in the valley recently, and there's a actually YouTube video of them driving through the LC Valley. Yeah, right down like the main drag strip of Old Lewiston, Idaho. But I think it's that's just a perfect. Um, is it Evan? I think his first name's Evan. I can't remember. I am gonna. You s- are correct. I Evan Squaffer. I I'm Haffer or Hafer. Haffer or Hafer. I'm One gonna. Of the s- I'm gonna squirrel ADD the hell out of this because it's gonna bother me. But you know you can't beat that. Yeah, a the quality of coffee, and then B the personality that come along with it. Because I think when Evan brought in Matt Best. Or Matt Best came in. I don't know how the relationship between those two obviously goes. I don't either. But I know it's just a damn good company. And it's simply, there's even a uh, uh, former uh, co-worker of mine opened up a coffee shop in a nearby town. And she actually uh, carries Black Rifle. Well, plus there's there's multiple coffee shacks around here that use Black Rifle exclusively. Yes, and same for Black Rifle, like Relentless Defender, except for Black Rifle Gears. I think there's stuff more towards the military side. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. They, a proceed, uh, percentage of their proceeds or profits, excuse me, profits, go to military causes. Yeah, and I think, let's talk about... The charities for some reason. Have you been hearing? I've seen some of these articles that like these big charities, and right. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get in a debacle of uh, saying one's bad and then be mistaken when one's actually really, really good. Right. But I've heard multiple like big name charities that really like their CEOs take home like some ridiculous oh, yeah. millions of dollars a year and then like. A sliver actually goes towards benefiting, like pennies. Oh yeah, it's uh, pennies off of dollars. Go. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad our minds are rolling on the same track there because Keep hitting my boomer. Oh, you're good, brother. They no, like you're saying, yeah, the pennies off of dollars go to the actual cause that they advertise for, but there. And then there's also, and then you have the companies where the CEO is actually a voluntary position. Yeah. Or they or they take a very minimum. Yeah, amount. Or they take like thirty thousand dollars a year, which is a. No. I think anybody that's made thirty thousand a year knows that is crapola. Yeah, especially this day and age, and what and for a CEO or a president of a organization has to go through. Mm-hmm. And so, I encourage you personally, do your research and do your homework on charities when you decide to give to them. See how much of their money actually goes. To. Absolutely, and I I feel bad for saying it, but I I don't think I'm alone in it. It's does it make you weary of giving? Oh, at times, yeah, no, definitely. Because obviously, like you you see these um, 
you see these companies. Right. And then you're like, well, I mean, I want to give to the cause, but I want to make sure like all or at least the majority of my donation is actually going towards what. Yeah. You know what the damn cause is. Oh, exactly. Yep. I agree 100%. No, there's been times where, you know, especially around the holiday times, you're watching TV and you start seeing all these ads or you start seeing, you know, you start getting, you'll always get junk mail for organizations and stuff. Oh, absolutely. And then you start looking at, like like we were just talking about, how much of your actual money goes in. Well, some of these places actually include a printout of or you can you know just even go on their website and you can see it shows a percentage of what actually goes to them and it's usually in the 10 15 20 percent range which in my opinion that's that's totally fine yeah like i understand you know there's there's plenty of fantastic people out there that will volunteer and stuff like that but also there's some jobs you just can't people just don't have the time to volunteer for right oh no definitely you know so it, it takes money to raise money to oh, give definitely. money yeah and do all these things and then just you know that's just whoever you decide to give to you know great for giving good on you and if it's one of those places that you know your pennies off of dollars and you're okay with that that's perfect you know go for that but just i encourage you do your homework because there are some fantastic organizations who everything is 100 percent volunteer based and there are some nationally wide organizations that are very successful and they rely on volunteers and it's continued to work for them for many, many years. Mm-hmm. But no, and absolutely. And I think, and then it goes back to the, the companies that we were talking about, like relentless defender that does that do the t-shirt runs. Exactly. Um, so even though you're donating, you, you know, technically you got something to show for it. Even the t-shirt, oh, yeah. the designing on the t-shirts is fantastic in oh, my opinion, especially when, uh, when they release the lines of kind of tweaking logos to be police and military related and things like that. But it's also just a great shirt because I think everybody knows of that T-shirt that you bought for, uh, I don't know, maybe it was like a charity walk or something to that effect. But it's like that 100% heavy duty cotton that shrinks in the wash about four sizes. And then once you pull it out of there, it just doesn't fit and it's uncomfortable because it's heavy 100% cotton and all that all that jive. Exactly. But no, yeah. this stuff, I'm pretty sure the Relentless Defender, if I am if I remember correctly, I think it's a 60 cotton 40 polyester, which makes for a damn, not shrinking in the wash and a damn good fit, if I don't say so myself. Right. right. But enough, branching off, because I feel like I've been beating the Relentless Defender horse yeah, pretty good. Yeah, you can't good. tell you like and it at all. <laughs> and there's pl- yeah, you can't tell I like it at all. But there's plenty of other companies like we talked about, like Black Rifle. You could throw Grunt Style in there. You could throw nine line. nine line apparel in there. Yep. You could throw what else do they got? And then even getting away from the t-shirt brands, you know, there's other companies out there that produce, I guess what you'd call uh, gadgets and dumahickeys. And some and some of the companies we're going to talk about here in a second, or the gadgets that you'll hear, they some of them don't don't give any of the proceeds to military or law enforcement or anything like that but they make a fantastic make good tool or product that is available to speaking of that there's also companies out there i'm gonna i'm gonna touch on mike loop so for those of you who don't know uh 
I'm not sure where the where the gentleman is from. It's uh, Sergeant Tuttle, I believe is his name. He invented a simple concept called a mic loop, which is basically a small Velcro square that sticks on your body armor. And then it's a paracord loop. You can either get a large loop or a small loop, depending on what kind of vest would best fit you. But basically, you run this paracord loop up, and I personally use this uh, in my day-to-day patrol duties. And you, you loop the paracord around your radio microphone. And it secures it, and there's plenty of other products out there that I've seen in action, but I haven't personally used, so I, I can't really comment on the quality of their product. But you, it locks your microphone into, into position, which when you think about it, and this is basically how they advertise, but it makes perfect sense, so I'm going to basically use their advertising. How many times have you watched live PD or cops or YouTube videos or whatever, what have you? And you see the police officer that gets into a physical altercation with a person and their microphone, just first thing to go, that microphone just oh, flies, yeah. flies off, off. Yep. and that corded wire just sends it flying and all the way a to freaking tangled fucking mess or something. Timbuk you're gonna get snapped around your legs. Or exactly. What. Well, it becomes a, a tangled mess, which is a pain in the ass whenever you're done. But then you think about it, if that microphone's flopping around and you have yet to call for backup, how are you going to do that now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, secure your equipment. Exactly, and that and that's a great option. I think the long, I when I purchased mine, I purchased the long and the short. Right. Uh, so I have the long for my everyday body armor, and then I have the short for my uh, plate carrier. Okay. For yeah, like tactical operations that. and fantastic things like that, and I think it was like the short one was like eight dollars, and the long one was ten. Oh, perfect. You know, and I understand, and I preach this to. Uh, to the new guys that come into the department because it's one of the best things I ever heard going through one of my one of the academies you know is yeah gear can get expensive but you got to think about your gear is how much is your life worth exactly that is the equipment that when your life depends on it you got to use it yep you know and it's got to work it's got to not break and give out on you and things like that you got to you got to rely on everything but especially for a product to secure your microphone that well, uh, and he's got plenty of YouTube videos. Check them out. How how do you beat that? Ten dollars for the insurance of my microphone is going to be where I want it when I need it. Exactly, and that's your lifeline. You know, in a shit sandwich, that's your lifeline between getting help and being on your own. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you know when you're. 20 miles away from civilization and you need someone mm-hmm. that microphone's the only way for you to talk mm-hmm. talk to those angels up there so we yep. can call those dispatchers shout out to you guys oh yeah putting up with our shenanigans and also keeping us uh keeping us safe getting getting keeping the county mounties out there for us mm-hmm. gotta break them out when we need them exactly but then other companies because obviously being young in law enforcement you're definitely going to be a gadget Whore. I'm going to call it a gadget whore yep. yep we're going to go with that word I helped you out there a little bro it's, yeah you did thank <laughs> you very much but branching uh, leads me to body armor ventilation systems. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You introduced me to that. I did. And I tell you what, that's... Uh, I did. Why don't you touch on that, Josh? Yeah, okay. So, we're going to talk about a little bit of ventilation system for your between your chest and that lovely piece of equipment that will hopefully stop a bullet if that ever comes down to it. And that shit gets hot. Oh, it gets nice and swassy. Yeah. Yeah, you start... You, 
yeah, we're not even going to talk about the smells that can come out of there. But you use TacVent, correct? I do. Yep. I you, do use TacVent. Now, I'm blanking on it right now. What was it? You're the one who gave it to me. What was uh, it? Max Dry. Max Dry. That's correct. Okay. So Max Dry From is... 221B Tactical. Well, I'll touch on that a little bit because that's personally what I wear. And it works good for me. It is like a spongy kind of mesh type thing. I want to say if you think about a multi-layer of single screen mesh kind of is bristle obviously it's not nearly as rough as a bristle pad you know that that's that's actually pretty close yeah but no. i'm trying to think of like the way it looks yeah get online check them out yeah check out the, every all these companies have uh multiple youtube videos exactly. and views and things like that so make sure don't take our word for it we love to uh to help y'all out and kind of lead you the direction that just we put these ideas in your head exactly and yep. it's it just makes for good good brain thunkers exactly and so this one is it's uh just like a vest you put it it actually has two little velcro loops that go around your normal vest you wear it underneath and so i take mine off with my vest so just once it's on it's on so i don't have to take put it on and then put my vest on it's just one solid piece so to speak and front and back it keeps your vest away from your body about i'd say an eighth of an inch no it's a it's a little noticeable it is you know obviously to the outside world looking at you you know they're probably not going to notice but when you put that on underneath your vest you're going to notice a little more of a puffy more of a puffiness yeah it's gonna that causes that body armor to stick out more you ate a big dinner that's what it's gonna feel like yep makes the muscles look a little bigger yeah it's gonna puff that chest out a little bit yep yep for all you ladies out there (laughs) (laughs) anyways now and it's and the nice thing about it, yes, you're still going to sweat. You're still going to get warm underneath there. It's not like this magical AC system that keeps you cool. Yeah. But what, what these body armor vents do for you is when you do get sweaty, it allows for air movement to come through. And all you, any, if we get any those old farmers or old timers out there listening, they'll know that you wear a white cotton shirt underneath and then you wear a long sleeve. I want to say flannel, but another like long sleeve, like cotton type shirt. Mm-hmm. And they say it's it's works wonders because there's always that little breeze going around, even in the heat of the summer. Yeah, you get sweaty underneath there, but when that gr- breeze kicks in, oh, you'll feel it. It's like a it's like your own little personal swamp cooler. Oh yeah, it'll smell like it too. Oh, but it, who it cares? Will. When it comes down to it, you staying cool is what matters, and so it keeps that ventilation going through your body. That armor isn't just plastered against you, creating this nasty funk, so to speak. <laughs> Just discomfort, right? In all too, and I think it's a big whether you work eight-hour shifts, ten-hour shifts, twelve-hour shifts, whatever it is. By the way, I got to take a quick break. If you hear that buzzing in the background, that's the house's AC unit. So I apologize for that. You know, got to keep the got to keep the wife and the babies nice and cool in the in the house. Back porch studio, like I said, it's gonna. You got to hear the you hear the real life things. The real on. life noises and sometimes air conditioners kick on. We all appreciate a good air conditioner. Exactly, but. So I'll let you I'll let you talk a little bit about the the tack vent and why why you actually went from the max dry to the yes. tack vent. Yes. Yes. So uh, as Josh said, the other I think the other big these are the only two ventilation uh, body armor ventilations companies that I've ever heard of. And Josh is a max dry user, and I'm a tack vent user. And I think the tack vent is it's not a full vest i think the new model they came out with has uh velcro attachments that are actually made to stick to your 
armor carrier, so you're able to put the vest on, take the vest off without even having to touch the the tack vent itself. But it's a rubber. Let's see, how do I put it? It is a raised kind of. It's got ribs. It's got ribs yeah, in it. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Ribbon, and it doesn't have holes in it too. It does. The, it has holes on the side that go against your body to really let heat come off a little bit. Um, so if you imagine like ridges and valleys, mm-hmm, kind of exactly. deal that you're putting in between. So basically, what you do, you put your vest on, you slide the tack vent in between your vest and your body if you don't have the Velcro attachment, and then the pressure from your Velcro straps holds that tack vent in place. Right. So you and I've never had a single issue with it sliding or moving, and I sweat under that body armor like especially if i'm out in the summertime doing stuff oh it's it's gonna get nice and Your body's cooling nice system works very well frothy <laughs> yeah cooling system my ass <laughs> but and even in the and like i said look up the youtube videos because the creator uh does multiple things like that so basically what he did in one of the early videos that i saw was he took two uh mannequin torsos uh uh-huh. put body armor on them with uh, heating pads in between the chest and the body armor. Right. Put a tack vent under one vest. Another, another. the other mannequin just had the vest strapped on. Right. Cranked both of those heating pads all the way up to high. Uh, I can't, and then thermometers in between, obviously. And I think it was the one without the tack vent was about 15 degrees uh, hotter than the one with the tack vent. Oh, really? Yeah. That's significant. It's been a good... Yeah. Uh, and then he's done other things like putting a vest on and actually going and running like a mile and a half like a damn crazy person. <laughs> no shit. But then even with the with the rubber ribs, I hate saying that because that just sounds goofy right there. <laughs> uh, it also acts as a trauma absorber, if you will. Yep. Another video he did, uh, he shot some kind of clay... With through a vest with attack vent without attack vent and the cratering on this clay with the attack vent was significantly smaller. I remember seeing that video. Yeah, yeah. it's a good. It and is. And they're not that. I think the. I, I can't remember. I think the Max Dry is going to run you about ninety dollars, uh, and I think a two pack of the attack vent's going to run you about fifty. Yeah. So. So the Max Dry is a little bit more expensive. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you it's your preference. It's your preference. Yeah. Whatever you think. You know, if you want to try one yeah. and then maybe switch to the other like I did, you know, I didn't mind either or I think they both worked fantastic. But, you know, do your own, figure out what you like, what you prefer, and then go from there. Exactly. You know? It all it so all comes full your, circle at the end of the day. Yeah. So what makes you comfortable and what makes your job easy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check those guys out. Max dry, tack vent. You know, if you haven't, if you don't have any body armor ventilation system currently, maybe it's time to look at one. Maybe it'll make those summer work days. Especially if you get nice and sweaty like this guy. Exactly. I'll tell you, I actually run mine all year round. It's just, you know, because even in the winter, you're moving and walking around. You're still going to get warm unless you're working up there in Alaska in the sub-zeros. Yeah. Or Montana, or if you're lucky, I anywhere that's I cold, haven't had the uh, the privilege of operating with an outer carrier, right? Yet, uh, hopefully soon. It all depends on department preference and whatnot, right? But uh, I don't know if I'm sure you can wear these things with outer carriers, but I don't know. I know I've heard outer carriers are already fantastic for uh, oh yeah, keeping you not overheated and things like that. Right, exactly. So, but it's all a good time. But 
I, I don't mean to, I'm going to have another squirrel moment here, so you'll have to excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. But it's, it's, it's time. It's time to break out the new segment that I'm super excited about, which is... He just keeps looking at his, his notes keep, over here. I just keep looking at the notes, because i got to get the story right. right. It's great. It's time for Hero Talk. So, basically, this new Give segment... Me, brother. This new segment, we're going to talk about some heroes. Like I said, if there's uh, unspoken, unknown heroes... You know, send us an email, hit us on Instagram, Facebook, shoot us an article. You know, we love to talk about all, all sorts of just real good, feel good type of deals. Definitely. You know? So today, the story, Josh has not been, uh, he might know the story, you never know, but I'm going to fill him in. I'm going to edu- I'm gonna drop an education bomb, okay? All right. So we're taking it back. Right at the homeschool boy. Right, right at the homeschool boy. I'm going <laughs> to drop an education bomb on the smart one in the group. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know about that. So we're taking it back. January of 1945. Good old WW2 right here. All right. And I hope I don't butcher the last name. Nicholas Oresco. Okay. Okay. Nicholas Oresco. I'm tracking. Was a master sergeant in the United States Army. And I want to try, do the, whether you're at home, at work, in the car, whatever, wherever you're at. Okay. Try to, don't close your eyes if you're driving, for God's sake. I don't want to end up on a police report. I was listening to Bill Blue, and he told me to shut my eyes, and then I crashed into a pole. Don't do that. Yeah, someone's going to be getting a hold of us. Yeah, don't do I'm specifically telling you, do not do that. <laughs> but picture yourself in this position, because I want you to try to experience what this man experienced all, the, all, them, uh, all them fantastic years ago. So Nicholas, because if I'm butchering his last name, I don't want to keep repeating it. So we're going to go with Sergeant Nicholas. Might be a little off, but I'd rather do that than butcher the last name. So he's Master Sergeant? Master Sergeant, United States Army, January 1945. Assigned to the 302nd Infantry Platoon near Teddington, Germany. All right. Okay. His platoon, it's January, Germany. It's cold. snowing. The wind's blowing. Snow's coming in from the side. It's 1945. You're wearing wool. It's not helping much. (laughs) Okay. His platoon. Talk about sweaty and stinky. Talk about sweaty and stinky. He needed a tack vent. Yeah. Son of a bitch. So, his platoon, along with many others, are ordered to take out two machine gun nests behind, on some form of a mountain or something, I believe. But basically, this is the shit show they were in. These enemy machine gun nests could see them, but they had no idea where these machine gun nests really were. Oh, fantastic. They couldn't see them. So, really, it's like, hey... Go on that mountain. There's two guys. There's two nests of machine guns. Take them out. I don't know where they are. Figure it out. Huh. Okay, so they try. Sounds like supervisors these days. It sounds like, you know, it's kind of like a, I don't know how you're going to do it, but figure it out. Yeah. So. Your country's dependent on you. Master Go. Sergeant and multiple other platoons using mortar and all kinds of other cover, they try for 48 hours to take these nests, and they can't do it. They keep losing men. Wow. They keep. Guys keep falling off. They just can't do it. They don't even know where the damn things are, for God's sake. Like, how do you even think about that? So they come up with a plan that instead of... They're going to try to go ninja. They're going to try... Instead of the mortar fire, you know, the the cover, like, all this stuff, they're going to wait till 4.30 in the morning, in the middle of the night, and they're just going to go find them at nighttime. Hopefully they're, sli- hopefully they're damn sleeping and their coffee's not even percolating yet. Yeah, there you go. We're going to surprise them. So, 4.30 in the morning comes. Master Sergeant stands up. This is the part where I want you to put yourself in them boots. Master Sergeant stands up, says, Men, 
It's 4.30 in the morning. Let's roll. Let's go find these nests. Let's go get these bastards. Nobody moves. Oh. Everybody sits there. They all look at him. So he says again, come on. Let's roll out. Let's go find these sons of bitches. America. Nobody moves. Still, nobody moves. So I think, and I've personally done it. I mean, of course, everybody wants to sit back and I'd love to think of myself as acting like a good old John Rambo, but you never know until you're in the, until you're in the shit show. Oh, exactly. You don't know yeah. what's coming. Well, these guys right now, they're not getting shot at and they're not dying right now. Oh, exactly. No, they're in the comfort zone right now exactly. if you could have one. Yep. A bunch so, of 18, 19-year-old boys. So, men, Master. Men. Uh, men. Yeah. Or boys, depending both, on if, you know. you know, a little bit of both, I'm they, sure. They have, some, they have some safety right now. They so. just wanted free college. That's all they wanted out of this deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, pol- no politics, no weather. Everything else is fair game. So it, you'd think at this point it'd be really easy for Nicholas to say, "All right, we're not going. Oh, yeah. I'll just, I'll just sit down back here in the just snow. Kidding. And, you know, just kidding. Oh, just LOL. You know, this is you know YOLO and all that, all that shit. But he didn't. Nicholas said, "Screw it." He said, and in his interview, which it was a great interview, right. He said when he decided he was going to do it by him da- by his damn self, he looked up at the sky and said, God, if I'm going to go today, do me a favor, just make it quick. Yeah. Okay. So Nicholas takes off on his own, 4.30 in the morning, by himself. And no one got the gumption at that point to watch. Oh, to oh, oh, it, oh, oh, hold, oh, stand by one, okay. stand by one. So Nicholas starts, starts off, says he gets about 100 feet away from his, uh, original location turns around and his men are following him but they're about 50 feet back yeah they're not up they're not up there they're there but they're not they're you not know side what i mean side. kind of thing so his men followed him out of nowhere he starts hearing the shots fire nests on so they're opening up on him he's trying to move he's trying to do his his military thing right takes one round in the right hip Oh damn! Ouch! Yeah, right. Doesn't still doesn't go back. He continues on crawling at this point. Right. Finally, he says he starts to feel weak and cold and all these things, and he sees an indent in the ground. Uh huh. So he says, "F it, I'm just gonna crawl into this indent and see what happens." Uh huh. So he rolls, laying on his back in this indent, looking up. Kind of having his, making his peace with God moment, things like that. And then all of a sudden he says right over his head, he sees what he described as red, blue, and purple. Huh? Okay. Yeah. It was the muzzle of the machine gun. What the hell? The indent that he crawled into was directly in front of the first machine gun nest. No shit. And somehow, I don't know how he did it. But he crawled into this indent, literally underneath the muzzle of this machine gun, and the German soldiers had no idea he was there. If you don't believe in a higher power. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yep. So, of course, what does Nicholas do? Technically, I guess you could say he's in a safe spot. They don't know he's right there. Right. They're not going to go out and check, probably. No. So he could just hang out, you know. Right. Kind of stay low profile. Got a good view. Low profile. Low profile. No. He says to himself, again... Probably a very godly man, Master Sergeant. Looks up at the sky, says, all right, God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls a pin on a grenade, throws it in, jumps in after, 
or crawls in after, uses his uh, government-issued rifle to finish off the rest of them. Fantastic. Of course, eventually they take the other nest. I don't know if uh, Master Sergeant was involved directly with that, but he did describe it as as soon as that grenade went off and the few gunshots, he said it was so quiet you couldn't even describe it. After all that machine gun fire and I'm sure people yelling and blood going everywhere and things like that, then out of nowhere because of that action, it's just quiet. That's all it is. Just that silence, that peace probably. Exactly. Well, that, I don't even know how to describe it because I've never been in that situation of a damn machine gun nest. Oh, yeah. You know, it's loud as hell. you, You know, you look at this story and you think he probably had at least two or three opportunities where he could have just said, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. Screw it. Yeah. And then, but granted, nobody would know his name probably other than family and friends and, you know, things of that nature. Exactly. But instead, no, he decided to be a damn American hero and do things that nobody else wanted to do. Being being a warrior. Oh, yes. That's what it comes down to. Do them by by himself. Yep. When his whole platoon that is supposed to answer to his beck and call right. said, no, we're not doing that. No, exactly. No. It's just, you know, and he had every opportunity, like you said during that story. He had every opportunity from the start to before he threw that grenade to be like, you know what? Screw it. He could have laid down and died and bled out from that hip wound, or he mm-hmm. could have just laid in that hole underneath that machine gun barrel until, you know. till it stopped. Exactly. Or somebody else came along. And right. And took care of it for him. Yep. Nope. He decided to just keep keep being a damn hero, being a fighter, being a warrior, and he chose you know, to live and continue to fight for his country. Fight or flight, and that damn man decided to fight his ass off. Exactly. But my favorite part of the story is the aftermath, because I love all that stuff, because nobody expects, I don't think anyone really expects recognition when they do certain things, no. and probably things like that I highly doubt. He was like, I'm going to go do this by myself because I'll get a medal. Oh, no. I don't think he cared. I don't think any of those guys. But so, of course, Nicholas gets taken out of there alive and well, goes to the hospital, gets taken care of with a bullet wound to his hip. Right. Then he gets returned to his post on a limited duty uh, for a short while. And then in early August, he gets notified he's going to get sent home and he is going to receive the Congressional Medal of Honor for his actions. Wow. Fantastic. But my favorite part is uh, when they transported him to Washington, D.C. to obviously meet the president and receive his medal and things like that. You know, he took his mother with him. Yeah. And uh, he said (laughs) they're standing in the room where he's going to receive his medal and his mother's about to meet the president of the United States and things like that. And he said he looked at his mom and he said, uh, Mama, I, uh, I hope this makes up for all the. All the nonsense I put you through when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is. And awesome. he even admitted he was like, "Cause I was not a very nice child. I was, I was rather a troublemaker." <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I think there's two ways to make up for being a troublemaker. You bring home a Heisman, or you bring home a Medal of Honor. Those, those will usually. Uh, I'll make Mama proud. Those will usually make make Mama a little proud. Give her something to put up on the mantle, or exactly. give her something pretty to tell her friends at book club or something like that. You yeah. never know. Whatever they do, you know, whatever those moms time. do after us. Troublemakers leave the house. Exactly. Which you never know. Sometimes it's open a bottle of wine. Sometimes it's just take a much needed nap. Uh, yeah. So catching up. Exactly. But that is the first installment of Hero Talk right there. 
I'm not sure where Master Sergeant Oresco is currently today. Hopefully he's alive and well. But, you know, 1945 was a was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, you know. especially, you know. He was <clears throat> but it's he's always... a grown-ass man at that point, obviously, you know. Exactly. Over there fighting for, fighting for freedom. Exactly. Well, you never know. You know, back in 1945, you know, there were plenty of stories out there of people lying about their age. You know, and enlisting in the in oh, the yeah. military at fifteen, sixteen, yep. you know, things like that, just because they wanted to. That's what I loved about. Sometimes I like to sit here and think I was born in the wrong, in the wrong time. But had I been born in the, in the wrong time, I wouldn't be here making a fantastic podcast because podcasts aren't that old. But, you know, it's almost weird to think back in like the forties, fifties, and sixties. If you, especially if you lived in like small town America, think. When World War One came up, World War Two, things like that, Vietnam even. Right. If you lived in, say, a small town and you were at home, you weren't wearing a cast or you weren't missing a leg or an arm or something like that, you walked into a grocery store and some people might ask you, why aren't you in the service? Oh, no, definitely. Like, why aren't you, you know, and nowadays, obviously nobody does that anymore. No, they it's don't. It's just kind of a... If you go, you go. If you don't, then you don't. Exactly. But almost to think about the span of 60, 65 years, something like that. Right. It's it's really become a uh, a big change. Oh, no, like, I agree completely. Like, for God's sake, to go from you used to walk into a grocery store and have people say, well, what, what the hell are you doing home? Like, you don't have a bullet hole in you, and why aren't you serving... Why aren't you serving this damn country? Along with the rest of your friends and to their almost, children. And, and obviously it's a low percentage, but it's enough to make me notice, I guess you'd say, or make anybody really notice. To this society of, you owe me this for nothing. Right. You know what I mean? There's a lot of that going on. It is. And, and it's and it, don't get me wrong, not everybody needs to go into the military. That's not That's no. not the way it needs to be. And even then it wasn't. it wasn't the way it needed to be, but that's the choice that the men of those that time made because we need still need people at home continuing to drive this country and to keep you know the wheels and cogs going on the homeland oh exactly of course but i think the willingness to step in and do it was more prevalent than it is now where you know it's a softer i mean i'll say it's a softer generation that we're in softer last few generations Oh, absolutely. And I'm not saying that everybody who didn't go into the military is some soft little 2019, you owe me everything. And I know you didn't go in, but had the need nope. arose. And I guess that's not a conversation we ever really had if you ever decided, you know, why why you didn't or did. Well, I actually, to. touching on that, I honestly, thinking back, uh, it's it's probably one of the biggest regrets I've ever had because... So let's jet back to uh, 2012 real quick. Okay. Uh-huh. I know I'm going to say I was a senior in high school in 2012, and I'm sorry for even pointing that out. <laughs> but I was, I talked to Dad, had to sit down with Pops, and I decided I was going to enlist initially. Right. Uh, just had a shoulder surgery from a, a football injury from my senior year. Luckily, they didn't have to put any metal in it. It was all absorbing, which the recruiter told me, you know, no metal, no problem, that kind of thing. 
So I was all set. I was planning on enlisting in either the the Navy or the Army. The uh, Navy. <laughs> <laughs> I know if I would have gone Army, that would have been a, this would be a totally different conversation. Uh, yeah, we'd be tossing cats back and forth. But I think it. So I was planning on enlisting in the Navy as either a, uh, a gunner's mate or uh, going to the Army as a military police officer. And then I'm trying to remember what month it was. I believe it was February or March, right. uh, the spring of my senior year, just about to graduate. I had seen the recruiter probably four or five times. I think I was leaning more towards going to the Navy because uh-huh. uh, Dad kind of pushed it because he was like, oh, I think in the Navy you'll like travel more and see some more you know, more good stuff and things like that. Right. Uh, but then I get a call from a university that actually offered me a football scholarship, kind of a late last minute little, uh, little offer they threw out there. Right. Uh, which obviously I lost kind of thing. I had a little bit of interest, not saying I was some highly touted recruit or anything like that coming out of high school, but I had a little bit of interest and then shoulder surgery, obviously the interest went, uh, went down. Right. So I went and talked to my recruiter, and I said, hey, this is what's going on. And my recruiter actually told me to take the scholarship. No kidding. Yeah, which every time I tell that story, people get surprised because they're like, oh, that recruiter needs to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> was it a recruiter out of the Valley? Yes, it was in, it was in Lewiston. It was we out of had the, the same recruiter. Out of the recruiting office in Lewiston. Um, but, yeah, he I went to him and told him, you know, hey, this is the phone call I got. This is This is the school. This is what they said, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he said, no, take it. And I shouldn't have, I really shouldn't have doing the whole, you know, looking back on your younger, it sounds bad. And I don't want to say, you know, beat yourself up or downplay yourself or do this or do that. Right. But I was not an academic kid to say the least. Yeah. You know, I, I got that C average so I could put a football helmet on and keep playing. So coach and just go for grades and just go keep playing. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I really cared about. Um, and so I went to college, and I was not, and I and on top of that, I didn't have the gumption right. to like wake myself up and go. You know, my mother would almost have to pour water on me every morning to get me to wake up to go to school. Yeah. So you put me in a dorm room by myself with no, and just tell me to go to class. Yeah, I'm not going to class. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that all kind of needs contri- those attendance points. Yeah, right. So that all kind of contributes to why I, why I felt like. Yeah, because the military obviously would have... I would have learned stuff, obviously. Oh, yeah. A whole shitload, probably. And Good uh, and bad. Good and bad. Yeah. Both. But it would have given me the discipline to get out, go to college, and actually have the discipline to say, okay, you're waking up at this time, you're going to class at this time, you're eating at this time, right. and tomorrow you're going to do it all over again. Exactly. You know, so there are times where I really... And being as old as I am now, old... Uh, <laughs> You know, I think if I would have gone in at 18, I would have been out for three years now. If I would yep, have just, if done, you just done one stint. If I would have yeah. just done one stint. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, you know, the thing is, though, is, you know, everything happens for a reason. And you didn't make, you know, ultimately you decided not to go into the military. And there's nothing wrong with that. But look at where you are now. Yeah. You got a beautiful wife to be. True. True. And I very much do. You're impacting lives, you know. Even though sometimes, I you know, we have to kind of remind each other, 
in this career, it doesn't s- seem like we're impacting lives. We're more pissing people off at times, it seems like. Yeah, people but don't call us to really... Uh, they don't call police officers to tell us how awesome their day is, usually. Yeah, it's not, it's not, usually it's not a thing. But where you're at now, you wouldn't be... You know, Things might be completely different, or, you know, something shitty might have happened while you were in. You, you never know, so... True. For anybody who makes a decision whether to serve or not, just as long as you are... You're become a man or woman. That's that's all you know. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna make it this big elaborate thing. You know, get out there, make yourself awesome, better yourself. Yeah. Episode two, check it out. Exactly. (laughs) It's there's always there's always ways to better yourself, and it doesn't mean you've got to go into the military or you've got to go and be a firefighter police officer do this you know badass job or whatever you think those different careers are is just take care of you take care of your family don't be a burden on society Mm -hmm. don't don't be riding out those welfare checks no don't be doing that yeah if you make a baby pay for it please for the love of god be a parent yeah yeah so just be be a good person be a good person exactly that's all we're asking right that's all we're asking and so yeah, shout out to everybody out there, not the blue collar crowd. Exactly, hardworking men and women of this fine country. Mm-hmm. As you beautiful Americans, you beautiful Americans, we love you. We do. Thank you for thank you for joining us this week. And I think Josh and I have finally made a few decisions. I think for the first couple of weeks, we're going to try to be putting out two episodes a week till we get till we get some content out there, you know. And then of course, family lives and things like that. Things like that come up. Right. Uh, so we might be toning it back a little bit to one episode a week at some point. But at this point, you're going to you're gonna be getting a lot of episodes. So we hope you enjoy it because we sure damn, we enjoy the hell out of making them. We do. But we do a ton. Usually the message we send to each other an hour after this, oh, I wish we were making another podcast. Yeah. Let's make another one. Let's yeah. do it again. Come on now. Let's another, get after it. Exactly. But. We're going to crank them out. And as always, we're all about our listeners. And we love that feedback. I've gotten a little bit of feedback from a couple of people out there, family members and friends who have listened in. And, you know, the feedback is great. As always, we will not tolerate any of you trolls out there. (laughs) Uh, We will shut that shit down very quickly. You know what? Built Blues like broccoli. Like, it's not for everybody, but everybody knows it's good for you. Exactly. So give us us a listen. Share us out there. We appreciate it. We love you. We do. Follow us. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube videos coming soon. We'll, uh. We'll let you know when we when we get that going. But until then, you know, I think it's been fun. It so, has been fun. We so didn't get to enjoy any cigars as we No, not this not today. This, I've got to say right there, my wife loves when we say cigars. Cigar? As I shake my head. Cigars. Cigars. <laughs> she said she's gonna come through the stereo and choke <laughs> us both. Cigars. What's maybe. wrong with the, well, cigars, cigars, you know, some people put a little more emphasis than uh in some places, we'll just start. Are. We'll just keep calling them sticks. I'm sure that'll start annoying her too. No, I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> gonna uh, you call it a stick. I'm gonna call it a cigar. Okay. And we're just gonna roll with it. We're just but gonna go with it. But no, today the only thing we got to enjoy was some some five star strong, mess hall Joe, coffee. Check them out. Check them out. Good bro. Good old one. But till then, like always, smoke a good cigar, drink some good liquor, take care of each other, be safe, and we'll talk to you next time. God bless America. <laughs>